what should we do about 3PD? Should we go with DoorDash, Uber Eats, one, two? Go with all of them. I just hope more people look into this, understand it, and know that it's not one or the other. It's not um, just solely an expense. You're, you're investing in trial and, and, and frequency from the guests that you have access to. In order for you to go build your own drivers, hire drivers, pay them, maintain them, oh my gosh. Now, with a flip of a switch, you could be a pizza joint that's competing with all the other pizza companies doing delivery. Today's conversation is gonna revolve around third party versus first party delivery. Uh, we're gonna compare the two and look at why, why some operators are stuck on one or on the other, but not both. So uh, we're joined with Kendall Ware. Uh, he's been on the podcast many times, uh, shares a lot of valuable insights every time he comes in. Even I'm sitting here learning and soaking uh, like a sponge all the expertise that he's built over the course of last 15, 20 years of his career. So Kendall, uh, without further ado, we'll get started on this topic. Let's do it. Uh, I guess, tell me from your point of view, uh, there's a lot of of things that's happening still with these third party delivery and even first party. Run us through what are your takes on, yeah. on, on both sides of the equation, first yeah. versus third. For me, I just think we all need to keep educating restaurant operators, the strategies behind each of these topics, right? So whether that's third party being your DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, or your first party where you're actually taking in you know, your own delivery orders and you are partnering with somebody like DoorDash and they have this drive component, drive, yeah. right? That can help you deliver that product. So to the end user, it's still seamless. Uh, but it's a better profit margin for you as a restaurant operator, right? And there's a lot of other benefits we can talk about, but I've just, I've been running into a lot of people lately where, although if you're in the industry, like let's say you're in the tech industry and you stay up at the conferences and all the events, you might be pretty well informed about what's going on and how brands are strategically trying to grow each vertical that we're discussing. But when you start talking to the average operator who doesn't have the luxury of coming to certain events or having that education piece, it's still a disconnect. And first party, believe it or not, it's, it's been going on for years. It's still very new or untouched by some brands today. Agreed, and yeah. And so I just feel like, I just wanna get this message out there a little bit clearer, maybe break it down to, to where people start to digest why you want to have both. So restaurants today should be looking at 3PD as the overall awareness and trial. Right? You're trying to drive awareness of your brand first and foremost, right? You are now on an app where if someone's scrolling in your area, they're gonna see your logo. They've never seen it before. You could capture some attention. You could argue that 3PD platforms are more of a captive audience as long as they get to where your brand is. Separate conversation to that is, depending on how many people are on the platform in your area, they may not ever scroll enough to see your brand. Sure. Another brand might capture their attention. But if you are new, you're new to the market, you want to be on that list. And at the same time, there are placement opportunities. There are campaigns you can run through a third-party platform to get you top or, you know, to get you on the top of that list and or to help drive some sort of free delivery or some promotion that captures attention more so for you. But you gotta look at it as a marketing expense to a degree, right? You're investing in in advertising by getting your brand name on a platform that people scroll on every single day to place orders. So that's first and foremost. You're looking at building your brand awareness, letting the consumer know you're actually there and what you have to offer, but you're also trying to drive trial. So I may have never visited your restaurant, I may not want to visit your restaurant, but I might try your food online. 
Sure. So now you're building that trial. Now, if, if that's awareness and trial, you want to still try to capture that guest. Consider that a, it's a third-party delivery platform. It's also a third-party guest. Yeah. Right. They're not necessarily your guest yet as a as a brand. And so if you really want to deliver on that and, and draw that guest into your funnel and be a part of your brand, maybe your loyalty program, you want to have some sort of bounce back or some sort of QR code or some sort of advertising that you're placing on every single third-party delivery order yeah. that is going to draw them to your brand somehow. Sure. So I think from my point of view, like now that you said that, it made me think of something. I think the ones that are, maybe there's a misconception that sure. you're looking at third-party delivery as a core revenue generator mm -hmm. when you should maybe look at it as a cherry on top. Yes, yes. And stop worrying so much about the cost associated. And that's what everybody says, now, too expensive. Right, so if you're, if, you're, if you're a single unit operator and it's your brand, your rates are gonna be high. That, that's, that's just a given, right? Sure. But instead of looking at it as, oh, it's hurting my food costs, look at it as I'm driving awareness and trial to my brand. Because that consumer who is paying for that transaction may not have ever been to your brand or they may have no desire to ever step foot in your brand, sure. but they will order you online now. And so, yes, you're gonna generate more revenue and it might cost a little more so to, to acquire that guest, but consider it for the top line focus, right? Yeah. And, and so, and, and you, you'll have to do everything in your opportunity to drive that person into your loyalty program or drive them back into your restaurant one day by, again, attaching something to that order yeah. that is getting back to them to where you have that opportunity. So I agree. I think people hone in on, on how much it costs to do a transaction versus what it's actually doing big picture for their company. Yeah, and I think, you know, it does. Because if you look at it from, hey, this is just something that, by the way, if you stop doing it, then you're not going to have that option anyway. Right. Right. So it's not that you have a choice, even though 30% um, may sound expensive, but yeah. at the same token, it's a revenue that you would otherwise not have. And right. the food cost, chances are, it's gonna reduce your waste because right. instead of throwing it out and you know having spoiled food, right. you'll at least deliver it and give it to somebody, etc. Right. And then you just have to build a proper solid strategy. I right. even I never thought about it that way, but sure. yeah, I guess if you just treat it as again cherry on top. Yes, it's more expensive, but it's something I didn't have. Even if I make you know 10, 15, 20 percent right. on it, at least it's keeping me busy. Right. And you could even get more uh, creative and put it on your slow times. Sure. Sure. You know, during busy times, kind of pause it out and say, "Hey, right. I'm I'm already at capacity." Yeah. Um, and I guess that comes back to maybe like dynamic pricing that people right. are discussing of right. how do I how do I fluctuate price based on the that is another topic though, because as a individual restaurant owner or a franchisee, a lot of people, of course, will charge more for a menu item that is going through 3PD than in restaurant. And that, that makes sense to a degree. There's some reason, you, know, you gotta be reasonable with it. Sure. Um, but some people are overcompensating so much to where they are increasing insane amount of numbers to where when the guest realizes that, that, that sets them off. They're like, okay, yeah. that's it. I'm not gonna deal with this person because it's too much, right? Yeah, because you're pissing yeah. them off. You're taking yeah. advantage of the situation at that right. stage. There is a Like enough factor. to cover the cost, etc. maybe. Yeah. Like people are willing to pay some sort of a premium, sure. but they don't want to yeah. be taken advantage of. Keep it within of. reason, right? Yeah, keep yeah. it within yeah. reason, yeah. So, so that, that, is, that is a good topic because a lot of people shy away from it or they turn them off. I mean, I've even heard of restaurant companies today where when they have a new restaurant opening, they don't turn on 3PD for maybe three months out. Because in their mind, oh, we got to focus on our core business. We can't allow the distractions. We have all these tablets because we don't have an aggregator. 
and we don't want to you know, stress the operations. My point to that is you should be training all of your team how this business truly operates, fully, yeah. like to the full and have the right roles and responsibilities laid out to where you know how to operate the third party delivery from day one. Yeah, and actually that brings up another topic because I did another thing about having not having a tablet form. You know, you walk into a restaurant still now today, yeah. they have four or five different tablets. They have a POS, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, yeah. and some other local delivery. You have four or five different tablets. Right. And then they're not willing to spend $100 a month to have it integrated to the POS. Right. So they're not seeing that the value of never making a mistake on that, the value of the time that it frees up from the employees, yeah. all of those uh, value adds that comes with just paying a hundred bucks a month, they don't see the right. value in that. Right. And it's like, look, you yeah. should integrate it and be done. Order comes in, as the customer entered it, prints to right. the kitchen, you have zero right. mistakes, like literally zero. Yeah, and if you're worried about operations, yeah, then this will solve that. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. now it's creating now it's creating the employee's life more hectic. Right. Now they have to take this order, punch it in That's here, right. they make mistakes, customers pissed off, employees not happy. Right. Now you have somebody wasting their time doing that. Yep. It's like, is it really not worth $100 a month? Yeah, well here's the, here's the, uh, the scary side of that conversation from a franchisor perspective. So if you don't have an aggregator, if you're not integrating 3PD into your point of sale system, you are missing out on a lot of royalties because you're relying on a franchisee to key in certain things into a POS system, which not to say people would scam you, but some do. Yeah. Um, or there's errors to your point that could be prevented if it was all integrated. So, you know, at a couple brands when 3PD first started coming out and the, these are brands that I led, after doing some digging, we found anywhere from 500,000 to a million dollars of a year that was supposed to be, you know, have royalties associated with it that did not. And so it just, it happens more frequently because it's just not integrated. So it needs to be a holistic approach for your tech stack and everything you're evaluating. How do you all tie it in towards one source of truth? Yeah, and actually we didn't, uh, like that's a great point because we ran across a customer like that too. Menu management. Yeah. So like you could automate the menu management by using a third party delivery integration. Right. So now you're not having to maintain five different menus. That's right. another nightmare. Right. And the customer that we had, they were given away topics, modifiers for yeah. free because customer would type in add bacon please, right, right on the notes because there was no option. And they are just sneaking it in there. Yeah, yeah they, and then what do you do? Do you not add it as a restaurant right. operator and the customer it, I'm, gets I'm it and you get a there. one star review yeah. or do you just give away the $3 modifier and say, right. you know, what am I going to do? Screw sure. it. You know, sure. let them have it. Yeah. So point. I think that's another uh, thing yeah. back to your revenue topic where these guys were just giving all these away for free. Now they're not. Now the POS items is actually pushed to the third party delivery yep. and the customer saying, add bacon, $3, right. add avocados, $2, whatever the yep. price is. And now they're actually increasing the average check size from yep. third party delivery. And obviously the more they buy, the more That's margin right. and the, right. the marginal cost of that becomes right. lower. Right. Now, as your brand grows or your franchise grows that you're involved in, those three, the third-party delivery rates will get more affordable. Sure, so they can go down drastically when you work out partnerships, especially if you do an exclusive of any kind. Um, and that also brings more marketing dollars to that conversation. And so, you know, these are good questions to ask depending upon your brand size and where you are. It's always worth the discussion. But that's three PD. That's how I look at it. Now, first-party delivery. Some people would get confused by that term, but it's still the same method. Yeah. It's just now being rung up through your own digital channel. So maybe they're going through your website, they're going through your app, 
and it's still seamless to the end user, but DoorDash is most likely the one delivering it. Delivering it, yeah, because right? you have Uber Direct and DoorDash Drive, yeah. And so I've been, I've been corrected many times by operators when I say first party, say, whoa, 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 we can't get in the delivery business. We don't yeah. have trucks, we can't have drivers. No, 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 we're not recommending that. That's not what first party delivery means, right? And so it's all about leveraging the same partnerships, but when you go through the, like let's say a DoorDash Drive, for example, that is a lot more affordable rate for that order versus going straight through DoorDash on their platform. So you wanna drive as many people as you can from 3PD into 1PD and or into your four walls. And once you accomplish that, now you're focused on something else. So earlier I said 3PD is all about you know, driving the awareness and the trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, first party delivery to me is all about driving frequency and check size. Because now you're driving people in more frequently and all the data shows that we look at that once you get someone into your loyalty program, into your frequent user database, right? They're there, they're your guests now. They visit you more frequently than those who are not because they have more reason to. They're more in the know of what's happening with LTOs, promotions, whatever, whatever's going on in your brand. You have a direct communication path to that guest. You're also learning about that guest and their purchase behaviors and what they actually care about. So you know how to market to them from a personalized standpoint versus the one size fits all. Right? Absolutely. Malago yeah. comes into play. Yeah, that, that, um, I mean, that's exactly what we do. <laughs> that's all, <solved, laughs> yeah. right? So that's what it comes down to. You're really just trying to drive the frequency and check size because we also learn, and this is in many brands, and this is you know now a system-wide, I think, understanding, a nationwide understanding, is that when you have your loyalty members in the database, they are not only visiting you more frequently, they are spending more because of the exact same reasons, right? They have more of a reason to spend with you because they get rewarded to some degree, yeah. in some way. Uh, and so that's how you should look at it, is two different parts of the business, right? So then in this case, now you, you can increase the frequency, increase the check size, and the more you can draw people in, if you already know that that loyal consumer spends more, that's your drive of why you want to put in the extra effort on 3PD yeah. and have that bounce back or that, that marketing component that brings them into your funnel. Yeah, that makes sense. And again, I guess as long as you have a solid strategy like and utilizing both, you can't, you know, I some people will do first party delivery, they want to go in there yeah. and some people will only go through a third party. And by the way, some people will never convert because they're, you know, now you got these third party deliveries that are charging like a customer eight, 10 bucks a yeah. month subscription fee and they're giving them free delivery That's so right. now That's it's right. like you can't ever compete with that so let them be where they want and do business with them where they are meet them where they are and right. do business with them there and i think once you get into like the franchise concepts it's the franchisors i see it as the franchisors responsibility 100%. Yep. to it negotiate a term to bring it all integrated yep. and take that headache away from the operator let them focus on customer experience let that's them right. focus on food let them focus on running the four walls that's right while you can manage offsite that's right you know negotiate better rates you're right like as your volume increases you have more locations you could decrease your costs on those and it becomes cost of doing business it becomes right. a marketing cost because you're not really spending anything you're just on their marketplace and you cannot underestimate the power of that marketplace right. yeah. the uber eats so like these guys know the customer behavior they know how much money they spend they know which locations they're visiting they know probably where the customer is right. so they can even funnel them back to you sure. using that personalization because for them driving that customer back is where they make money. That's right. Whether they drive it to you or not, they're looking at the purchase history, the behavior of that customer and saying, hey, you've ordered three times in the last three months, you should order again, right? Right. So they may be even 
unintentionally, in order to serve their customers better, unintentionally funneling, funneling that business to you, right. which again, you prosper from. So right. most people just kind of don't look at it as yeah, a holistic there's, 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 there's a big picture of you to this. And I didn't touch on it earlier, but the other question we get commonly is, well, what should we do about 3PD? Should we go with DoorDash, Uber Eats, one, two? Go with all of them. Yeah. Have all of them there, as long as you have an aggregator that integrates straight to the POS system. Yeah, because, because at, at that, that point, stage, it's matter. easy. Yeah, it now, doesn't matter. Now you have three different platforms who are building that awareness, building that trial. That's right. more people coming to build frequency and guest size once you get, or check size, once you get them into the first party delivery. So. It's just, I just hope more people look into this, understand it, and know that it's not one or the other. It's not um, just solely an expense. You're, you're investing in trial and, and, and frequency from the guests that you have access to. Right, and customer acquisition is always expensive. So right. third-party delivery is part of that. Right. You're paying 30% for customer acquisition, and customer acquisition is always more expensive. Right. right. It is what it is. You gotta come up, come to terms with that. Don't try to fight it. It's not. It's not a battle you're gonna win. Right. You know, just focus on everything else. And once you increase your top line revenue, again, the more revenues you make, the lower the fixed operating costs, and right. your profit margins will automatically get higher and higher That's the right. more you you sell. So sure. once you get into that stage, then I think maybe that's a problem. As a lot of restaurants or average restaurants doing seven hundred thousand a year in sales. And now they're like, well, this is driving my margins thinner, et cetera. It's like, well, that's not the problem. The problem is you're not, you're not making enough money. Right. You right. know, if you get to a million, million five, then you're making crazy margins. And that 20, 30% DoorDash fee or Uber Eats yeah. becomes, becomes a small, uh, smaller piece on your bottom line. Sure, right? sure, yep. Yeah. And you know, a lot of restaurant concepts, especially post pandemic, They've gotten their overall you know, digital sales, so to speak, to about that 20% mark between 3PD, first party, it's about 20%. And that's like a target that you should be striving for because if that can be 20% of your current business today, you can also focus on building the traffic into your four walls, either through the channels we talked about or just directly out there in the communities and marketing and drawing them in or providing a guest experience that's so memorable they want to come back more often. It's a win-win. Yeah. Right, and so it starts to balance out over time. But you're right; you got to invest in focusing on the big picture of it first, and just know that yes, it might be a little more costly in the beginning, sure, from a transaction to, compared to transaction standpoint, but not in the grand scheme of the business. And don't cost yourself out of business. Don't right. try to save every penny. Right. There is no way in ever that you're gonna keep saving until you're super profitable. Right. That's just not, not gonna happen. You're not gonna be able to save enough money to go from seven hundred thousand a year in revenue to a million. Right. That will never happen with cost savings. Right. So again, and majority of these restaurants are investing half a million to a million in building that restaurant, yep. but they're not willing to invest anything in technology or marketing right. or a training, operation, all these other things that has to be part of that. They're just not investing in that. And they're wondering why am I the one that's doing 700,000 in sales when my competitor is doing 1.2 million. And that's why operating capital and operating investment, marketing investment should be included in the exact same discussion as build out investment. Absolutely. It should yeah. be one total that you know you have to work with to make all this happen. Otherwise, you'll feel like you ran out of money and you'll focus on saving versus growing. Yep, absolutely. And then at that stage, you're costing yourself out of business, right. coming back to that. And actually, I think another advantage that is also discounted with third party, in order for you to go build your own drivers, hire drivers, yeah, pay them, maintain them, oh my gosh, yeah. it's a... You wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, how are you gonna maintain that? Now, with a flip of a switch, you could be a pizza joint that's competing with all the other pizza companies. Right, because you're on the doing same Doing delivery. Yeah. That's right. Right? 
I mean, what's the price of that? Like, you have no capex. Right. Now, your operating opex is a little bit higher, but you put nothing in. So it's like opening a restaurant where like it's a second generation and all the equipment, everything's in there. You just walk in, open the door next right. day and, and, and operate turn, it. Turn it on. Yeah. yeah. And same thing with these third party delivery yeah. systems. Like yeah. you've got, they've given you the entire infrastructure and you just, you're not willing to pay a little bit of a premium, not a premium, but you're not willing to pay what it's worth right. to, to get up and running in no yeah. time. So yeah. people aren't, I think some people are just not simply, uh, right putting any value on that. Yeah, they gotta get past that perception because that's also why you hear of a lot of restaurants when the shift gets busy, they shut down 3PD. Yeah. It, it's just not the right approach. Like you shouldn't think that way. Just like in the, in the olden days, you'd hear people say, oh my gosh, it's so busy, I'm gonna sh close the doors and lock it, not let any more guests in the building. That's just not how you should do business. It's a good thing if you had that volume. I get it, people couldn't show up, there's some issues with the shift, there's complaints, there's misorders. All that's a part of doing business, but you should focus on still driving that revenue and providing the best experience you possibly can. Absolutely. I maybe overstaff a little bit and don't say no to money. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, agreed. Awesome. Any closing statements on this I, topic? I would, just, I would just say it's best to look at 3PD and 1PD as two separate components with their own strategies. Yeah. Okay? Because you're going after two different reasons of why you're investing in those platforms to begin with. Over time, the end goal should still be, though, is how you get more people into your own funnel into your first party, into your loyalty program, and of course into your four walls. Sure. But I wouldn't discount either one and put them in a bucket of delivery. Again, they're two separate strategies. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. We hope you found the content helpful and stay tuned for the future episodes. Awesome, thank you. Thanks, Kendall. Appreciate it.